0: Hi, I'm David Boris, Canadian historian and host of Curious Canadian History, a bi-weekly deep dive into the wild, worrisome, and wonderful world of Canadian history. This season, we've covered Nazis in Alberta, the Palestinian partition, and even the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. We also have eight seasons worth of back episodes, all right there for your listening pleasure. Check out new episodes of Curious Canadian History every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast.
1: Today's shout-out goes out to Dr. Ornyadega, Mohawk doctor and advocate for his people.
0: Born in 1841 on Six Nations Reserve in southern Ontario, Ornyadega, which translates to burning cloud, was baptized under the name Peter Martin. Later on in his life, he was sometimes referred to as Dr. O.,
1: Dr. O was educated first in a one-room schoolhouse on the reserve and went on to the Mohawk Institute, a residential school in nearby Brantford, where he learned to be a shoemaker's apprentice.
0: When Dr. O was 14, he had a chance meeting with a phrenologist.
1: Phrenology being the Victorian science that held the belief that you can gauge someone's intelligence and character by measuring the bumps on the subject's head.
0: Which is... Not true, but this phrenologist deemed that Dr. O was educatable. He convinced his family to allow Dr. O to travel to Massachusetts to attend Wesleyan Academy, where he graduated in 1856.
1: He then went on to study at Kenyon College in Ohio, where he undertook religious studies and graduated at the top of his class in 1860.
0: When Dr. O returned home later that year, he was chosen by his community to give a welcoming address to the visiting Prince of Wales.
1: This was a time when the alliance between the British and the Six Nations was very strong. So this was a pretty big deal.
0: Absolutely. The prince and the prince's physician were really impressed by Dr. O and suggested to him that he study at the University of Oxford. Very big deal. And later that year, he traveled to England to begin his studies.
1: His time at Oxford was cut short. The reverend at the residential school he attended complained and accused Dr. O of embezzlement, and so he had to return home to clear his name.
0: Later on, Dr. O settled in Frankfurt, Ontario, near the Tyendinaga Reserve, where he had a thriving medical practice, advertising Indian cures and herbal medicine. John A.
1: Macdonald recommended that Dr. O. take a position as consulting physician and he accepted. The $500 a year salary was not enough to support his family, and he purchased half an investment in a general store but soon went bankrupt. He then moved to London, Ontario and opened a new practice in 1874.
0: In London, Dr. O made many new connections. He joined temperance organizations and Masonic orders, including the Orange Order.
1: He also joined the American Independent Order of Foresters. Dr. O was the first non white man to be admitted to the order and was eventually elected first Supreme Chief Ranger.
0: He pushed for the organization to have a larger head office, and the Temple Building, one of Toronto's first skyscrapers, was erected in 1897. In the lobby of the building, a statue of him was placed to commemorate his work.
1: In his travels, Dr. O collected many artifacts pertaining to the relationship between the Crown and its Indigenous allies. These were donated to the Royal Ontario Museum in 1911.
0: When he died in 1907, his body was laid in state at Massey Hall in Toronto, where over 10,000 people came to pay respects. Being laid in state was like a big ceremonial mourning. A train was commissioned
1: to carry his body back to Tyandonega for a family service.
0: He overcame racism to become the second Indigenous physician in all of Canada. In an article from the Globe and Mail in 1896, they said,
1: Dr. Onyedega is a man beloved for his social virtues as much as for his executive ability. In his personal relations, he is gracious and unassuming. He never turns anyone away. Shout out to Dr. O.
0: Shout out.